0: line at cd baby. Thanks for listening. Nature see you next week. Can how Nature can be so bright. Nature can be so bright. So bright. So bright. Nature can be so bright. box a box of chocolates would I know to stay away What oh, said hand his box a box of chocolates would I eat them anyway cause every time I have half a mind to leave you babe that means I have half a mind to stay.
1: Hi, this is Mike. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. Welcome to the middle of the field, where the authentic sound of geese is all around us. Well, let me just elaborate, actually. It's the authentic sound of people who think they're geese. This is an album I got uh, called 10 Best Goose Callers in the World. I picked it up at the mall. It was was a great deal. It's uh, from the World Championship Goose Calling Contest in Missouri Valley, Iowa. The year is not listed. I'm sure it's quite recent. Each contestant is doing a Canada call, doing a blue and snow goose, and then doing a white front goose which I'm sure is quite clear from this. Lordy, these is people. Well, it's harvest time. It's autumn time. This is the first official autumn show of autumn for Pandora's Lunchbox. Yes, it's been autumn, and it's not the first show of autumn. It's hard to explain, but it's the first authentic autumn show of autumn for Pandora's Lunchbox. Let me just uh, get the geese to uh, fly out of here for a moment and let the kinks fill, fill us in on that. Uh, the crackling sound of the fire, and the crackling sound of an old LP, and the crackling sound of LPs on fire. No, that would be dangerous. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. That were the Kinks, and that am Autumn Almanac. Towards the end, he says Autumn Almanyak, which is actually the correct pronunciation in several dialects that I am not a party to uh, divulge at this moment. But we are uh, in the middle of the geese right now. The geese are listening to the Kinks. They're enjoying the Kinks. They're happy. And this is our first official autumn show of autumn. And what we're going to do now is, is touch on a few subjects to do with autumn and to do with food. This is ostensibly a food show, so I really should get to that at some point, the whole food deal. Now, they got this from the... We uh, you shut up for a second? Thanks. Boy, you can, I can talk to geese. It's amazing. If you can talk to the animals, imagine. From the Michigan Farm Bureau, this is some information on Michigan crop weather. In the week ending October 7th, corn continued to mature and dry down in the warm temperatures. Harvest of high-moisture corn was wrapping up. The soybean harvest was underway, but the harvest was made difficult in some areas by green stem regrowth. We've talked about green stem regrowth frequently on Pandora's Lunchbox. I think we did a 12-part series last year on that. Um... Due to the dry conditions, harvest of sugar beets was delayed in some areas. In apple orchards, several varieties were harvested, including Red Delicious, Ida Red, Golden Delicious, and Northern Spy. And I hope they harvested those Red Delicious ones with about an inch of wax on them. That's my favorite kind. They taste like wood, and they've got an inch of wax on them. That just says October to me. Picking of late varieties, such as Fuji and Rome, will start this week. Harvest has been slowed slightly, as growers waited for cooler nights to improve color. Meanwhile, in the vineyards, the Concord grape harvest continued. And to that end, I have a piece of music here from a woman by the name of Wei Xiangdong. This CD was lent to me by Carol, who was kind enough to be on our show a few weeks ago to talk about the Dragon Boat Festival that took place at Gallup Park a few weeks ago. I'm going to play an excerpt from this piece called The Ripening of Grapes. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and we're listening to an excerpt from a piece by Wei Xiaodong. hope that I pronounce her name correctly. She's playing the Erhu, and this is a CD, I believe, titled Erhu Solo by Wei Xiaodong, and it is on a Chinese record label by the name of China Record Shenzhen, again, if I read that correctly. And it is harvest time, and we're looking at harvest foods right now. We're talking about this ripening of grapes, and the Concord grapes are ripening right now, as we just heard. And I want to share with you a little bit of information about Concord Grapes from Wikipedia. The Concord Grape was developed in 1849. It's funny you think that food just kind of happened billions of years ago, but no, it was developed in 1849 by Ephraim, I don't know how many, I don't know I have many friends who have that name, so I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Ephraim Wales Bull in Concord, Massachusetts. Bull planted seeds from the wild Vitis labrusca and evaluated over 20,000 seedlings, 20,000, before finding what he considered the perfect grape, the original vine of which still grows at his former home. The pollen parent is unknown. Well, we've had that problem a lot these days. But although Concord is frequently considered to be basically a Vitis labrusca cultivar, some have argued that the hermaphrodite flower suggests at least a small amount of Vitis vinifera in its pedigree. I couldn't have said it better myself. In 1853, Bull's Grape won first place at the Boston Horticultural Society Exhibition. It was then introduced to the market in 1854. Dr. Thomas Bramwell Welch developed the first Concord grape juice in 1869. Through the process of pasteurization, the juice did not ferment. Welch Welch originally introduced the grape juice to his church to be used for communion. Hmm. And Concord grapes are often used to make grape jelly. Oh boy, this is a little too academic now for me. They're used to make grape jelly. When I think about grape juice, I always think of plum juice. And I always think about plums because, actually, I think about dried plums, which are better known as prunes. Now, the prune-slash-dry plum industry had a little bit of a identity crisis with that, with calling their stuff prunes, because they were afraid people didn't like prunes. They thought prunes were only the thing of older people. And so they lobbied to have the right to market their prunes as dried plums. This was successful. They, I believe it was the USDA or was it the FDA or was it the UDF? I'm not sure. But they got permission nonetheless to market their prunes as dried plums. They did not, however, succeed in marketing their prune juice as dried plum juice. This is true. It did not happen. I just have to share that every time something like this comes up. It is harvest time. This is the first official autumn show of autumn for Pandora's Lunchbox. And I bought a baguette the other day, and I had a very scary warning on that. This was a Zingerman's baguette. This is what it said at the bottom. Warning, baguettes and horseplay aren't allowed. Seriously, someone could poke an eye out, so be careful where you point your bread, okay? That's what it says on Zingerman's baguette, and I was quite alarmed by that, so... I took the time to go to the web, which is the source of all knowledge, and see if I could find any, any, any evidence that, that, that baguettes are actually dangerous. And I did, in fact, go to YouTube, which, again, is an important news source, and I found something called the Great Dublin Baguette Duel. This is, of course, authentic because it's on the web, and it sounds something like this.
0: Name your seconds! Andrea. Molly. Wait, we have to try to negotiate and prevent this duel from happening. No, no, this has been building up for a while. I think it needs to happen. We couldn't negotiate. It is as it shall be. I'm gone! Go!
2: Go! Go!
1: (laughs) 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 What say I let this run for the next 15 minutes? What do you think?
0: (laughs) and she's out
1: yes this is the great bag the great dublin baguette duel it's on youtube so it must be true that baguettes are dangerous this is my warning if you have a baguette just conceal it the laws are very strict on this sort of thing moving though along to something that makes a little more sense just to let you know in case you have not discovered this yet the old site of the Pilar's Café, which sadly didn't last long on State Street for a variety of reasons. Well, I will say, first of all, Pilar's Café did not last, but the food from Pilar's continues. You can see the carts sometimes, times of year, they're selling the Pilar's tamales. And not only that, but you can buy Pilar's tamales and such around town certain places in the frozen food sections. But at 2285 South State Street, where they used to be until the beginning of this summer, there is now a Mediterranean restaurant, La Zaman, that has opened up. And it is from the the owners of the previous Charayar restaurant, which used to be on Maynard Street. Charayar was on Main Street until 2001. Soon after 9-11, their business dropped off by about 50%. I read an article that said so, and so they felt they had to close. But... The people behind sharayar are back at La Zaman, and I just have to read some stuff off the menu because, well, Carnabit plate consists of sautéed cauliflower with onions, tomatoes, and green peppers in a tomato sauce served with rice. I just like to talk Mediterranean, Middle Eastern food. You know, okay, this, is, this one I'm very intrigued about. I hope I can pronounce this correctly. The Batinjan B. Banadura is a breaded egg plant topped with marinara sauce and served with rice. And the, the chicken feta sandwich. Chicken, shawarma, tomatoes, garlic, pickles, and feta cheese. That is a sandwich at La Zaman. So I just, when I start talking about food, I just get all excited. I, I apologize, but not really. Here's uh, Annie Ross, and it's autumn.
0: Once there was a girl and she was right from the sticks Thought she'd go out to the market one day And hey, we should say the town and she was the toast really the most we don't want to boast but scabs of lads would all surround the city sicker sure what hounder she walked in the marketplace what did she see crew cut and cute with a crazy goat team what a blend he was the end selling beans dressed in his jeans what a buy! she was heard to cry I got beans at a bargain little girl won't you step right up Cast your eyes upon my Where you will have no other care There'll be no other worry there If you see the crazy bears When they clean and cooked the crazy on the table I got them fresh this very morning From the backyard And I picked them all myself I hoped that you would come along And buy some Because what I'm trying to say is They taste so good They taste so very, very, very good Take advantage of a bark Coming and buy some We got string beans, snap beans, limo beans. We got the very kind of beans that I would like to put right in your fresh turkey, pretty baby. Don't you see what I mean? They're the finest beans, coolest beans. They're the best beans that you could find in this or any other marketplace. What are you trying to prove with all your of beans? Yes, I know that they look crazy. But they're just beans, only beans, they will have to go because it's something you should know, that though I think the beans are great, well you can leave them off my plate because they're not my favorite dish. Hey, let me say, I am not the guy who supposes a beans. it's a means to you, cause I from New York, to around the country with Wardell oh, Gray. And hey, we could sure say of the drums, he was the toast. Relief the most, we don't want to boast. But all the crazy chicks went down him, all the crazy bands were down him. Then one well, day he met the one that made his head whirl. He met and married the same little girl. What a blend. They are the end, they're a cool house with a pool, crazy seems bland.
1: Laban on the Beans. That's a motto of mine, actually. That is Annie Ross, who has often performed with Lander... Lander, Can you help me, r to speak English? What was that I was trying to say? Lambert Hendrickson Ross?
2: Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. And she made records by herself also.
1: Yes, indeed. Annie Ross, and that was Farmer's Market... And she made a mention of a fellow named Wardell Gray in that last verse. Mm-hmm. And Arwolf, who is going to help us face the music in nine minutes, will give us a little help facing the last few minutes. Wardell Gray?
2: Well, yeah. Wardell Gray, tenor saxophonist, uh, contemporary of Charlie Parker's, unfortunately died young mm-hmm. under mysterious circumstances. But she um, she's, has set words to a record that he made, an instrumental and she's singing all the notes and all the solos, uh, vocalese style. It was Wardell Gray with a band that had trumpeter Art Farmer in the band, and that's why it's called Farmer's Market. Farmer's so, Market. So she just she took the title and just got all imaginative with it. And I have looked around. I don't see any Wardell Gray in the entire WCBN libraries. We're going to have to fix that. Maybe it's under Q. It you know, could, could be under cue. He's know. really something else. He's He really grows on you. So check
1: out Wardell Gray, G-R-A-Y. You'll be happier. All right. Thank you, Warwolf. Now, we talked a little bit earlier about baguettes. That's my fault. I brought it up. But I did find an excerpt from a script from a British TV show called Dead Ringers. No connection to the creepy movie with Jeremy Irons and Jeremy Irons as twin gynecologists not that movie, not the Cronenberg movie, no, but Dead Ringers, a script from the British TV show called Dead Ringers, features the following lines imitating Obi-Wan Ken- Kenobi, who, I almost said Obi-Wan Kenoli. There was, in fact, something called Obi-Wan Kenoli in a skit on YouTube, which I, uh... I'll load that up some other time. But, Obi-Wan Kenobi to a used car salesman. "'We need passage to Aldershot, a fine cargo hold. "'Plenty of room for me, my apprentice, two druids, and no questions asked.' A long time ago, I had a Ford Galaxy, far, and far away. <laughs> a metric speedometer. Metric. No imperial entanglements. Could it outrun imperial vessels? Could it resist a tractor beam? The color of my last car was a little on the dark side. Oh, my lordy. I can give you 2,000 now and 15,000 when we get to Aldershot. Kenobi to Darth Vader. You cannot win, Darth. If you strike me down, you will lose your no claims bonus. Vader to Kenobi about their baguette duel. Your bakery products are weak, old man. Aren't you quote glad unquote that I read that to you? I'm quote glad unquote unquote, unquote unquote. I'm my words are clumping up, it's important that I say that. So other other news here from the Michigan Farm Bureau about crops. These are uh this is the news on the crop progress across the state for the week of end the week of ending October the seventh celery harvest continued on schedule for fresh market and processing pumpkin harvest slowed while winter squash harvest continued to progress progress that too tomato harvest for processing was completed in some areas processing carrot onion potato and snap bean harvests continued i had some snap beans the other day get some snap beans they're very very good i want to share you this news item with you by the way Many people in the world self-conscious about their looks, you know, I mean, in my case, I don't have a receding hairline, I have an expanding forehead, but that's another story. This news from AFP, which is a news service I believe out of Beijing, Chinese women want faces shaped like goose eggs. Chinese women who are having cosmetic surgery in ever-larger numbers are especially keen to to get faces shaped like goose eggs. 33% of Chinese women who go under the knife do it to improve the contours of their faces, and among these, a large number are going for the egg look, the China Daily reported, citing a recent survey. An oval face similar in shape to that of a goose egg has long been considered attractive in Chinese society. Surgery that supposedly makes eyes look more Western was a close second, favored by 24% 29% the paper said and it goes on from there about cosmetic surgery immensely popular in China with about 1 million operations carried out every year I don't know how I end up talking about cosmetic surgery at the end of a show about food but there it is goose egg shape let me just put the goose sounds again on these are the geese calls from the world championship goose calling contest in Missouri Valley Iowa just to recap now these are the sounds of the, the first they start with a Canada call they go to a blue and snow goose and then a white front goose oh wow well happy autumn This has been Pandora's Lunchbox for at least a half hour. I've been Mike for nearly that long. We're going to end with a piece that I can't pronounce. This is by some folks who are better than I, have more culture than I'll ever have. This is actually a song from a collection called Harvest Song, music from around the world inspired by Working the Land. This is music from the Republic of Georgia in south of Russia. Now, this is from an ethnomusicologist and producer who tells the story. On a chill, damp December night, we drove to a collective farm to join in a communal evening of drink, song, food, and camaraderie. Entering an unremarkable stucco house, we found ourselves in a cheerful open room heated by a fire that filled an oversized stone fireplace at one end. About 20 men with weathered faces, dressed for the occasion in drab suits and faded shirts open at the collar, sat and stood by turn around the table. An immense wooden table extended out from the fireplace, its surface all but invisible beneath myriad jugs of wine and plates of food. The role of tomata, or toastmaster, passed from one man to another as intricate, poetic toasts and richly harmonized songs followed one upon the other, building collective exhilaration. This from the collection Harvest Song, I'm going to get you in to face the music with this. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor.